Well, Tammy. I'll tell you what, though. I... Go ahead. Go ahead, Tim. No, no, you go ahead. No, you. Age before beauty, man. <laughs> man, oh, man. She got me both ways that way. Um... <laughs> <laughs> So hey everybody, welcome to episode 114 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitra and I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Aaron Bay in Whitby, Ontario. Hello there. And we also have Tammy Coron down in Tennessee. What's up, guys? And we have Mark Rubin in San Jose, California. Hello. Alrighty. So Jaime's been yelling at his phone too much listening to podcasts, so he can't be with us. Is that really the reason? Right, he yeah, just started a new job, and they've already got him working like 40, 40 hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's at a burger stand yelling burger, burger all day long. Yeah, mm-hmm. is that some kind of? Is he? Did he start today? Who knows? That's yeah, like the CNA, you know, the doggy doggy guy, a ca- hawker they call him, right at the at the Carnies. Okay. Uh, so, Aaron, um, can you tell us about the dignified death, or should we do the follow up first? Let's do follow up. Right? Yeah. Follow up is what happens before the uh, actual show. And, okay, and what happened good. before the show that we just talked about? I don't know where that is, but I'll leave yeah, that up to your, your your editing prowess. So. Yes, sir. All okay. right. So, Aaron, you got uh, I got first some FU. On follow up. FU. Yeah, Last we uh, week, we talked about OmniGraffle 7 with its innovative new in-app purchase model that allows it to do both trials and upgrade pricing. That app is now live in the App Store as of today, October 12th. So if you're looking for OmniGraffle and want to see what we were talking about, OmniGraffle 7 is now available in the iOS and Mac app stores. Let me just cool. confirm that Mac and app it, store one. <laughs> yeah. Just go blah, I posted, blah, blah. Uh, I was listening to uh, release notes the other day, yesterday actually, and um, Joe, exp- I, I'm not sure where he got the information, but he explained the the pricing very well. So I, a, I'll put a link to the to, to release notes in there for Tell people you, who want to If you could marry Joe, you would. Um. <laughs> um, would I? Would I really, Aaron? You talk about him so much. You love him. You love him. I like the show. It's a very good show, and it's a good show for for from a business point of view for iOS developers. And aren't, isn't that what we all are? I'm not sure anymore. Yes. Okay. So Ooh. I just want to confirm. Um, OmniGraffle Seven's in the Mac App Store too. Um, okay. maybe, maybe they can describe that one better on release notes. So that's that. Yes. Um, cool. I think that's all the. F- oh, Mark's got some fu here. Okay, Mark? Mark? Yeah, so I talked a couple of weeks ago uh, and a couple of different times about some issues I was seeing with Xcode 8 Interface Builder, well, Storyboards in particular, where where views were sized incorrectly when you converted over from uh, Xcode 7 and and things along those lines. Uh, one, of the, one of the worst ones, one of the worst issues was that in one particular case, uh, whenever you corrected the, the the problems that that uh, the translation caused and and fixed everything and then saved and then quit xcode came back in in that particular case the changes that well, the problems would come back every single time so you could spend hours or whatever it would take to fix all the issues in in your storyboard and have to do that every single time you opened xcode which is obviously not a not a, a viable uh, uh, way to work. The good news is that as of Xcode 8.1 beta 3, possibly earlier, but I checked it on beta 3, that particular issue seems to be fixed. 
So now you make your changes, you fix everything up, save it, quit Xcode, come back, and you're you're good. You're okay. It's uh, it, no, it's it's not solving some of the other issues that I mentioned, but those are those are more iOS as opposed to Xcode, uh, the tool issues. So, good news that there is at least some progress there in in making storyboards usable again. Well, and is it generally more stable? I was looking forward to getting X point, eight, Xcode eight point one myself. I downloaded it the other day. Yeah, uh, I was doing some tutorials on the weekend. We had we had our Thanksgiving break here, so I took uh, uh, data. And I'll talk about it in my pick, but but my Xcode kept crashing like every ten or fifteen minutes. It was ridiculous. Oh, with uh, and Tammy, with, you were having some, with mine crashed twenty right? times in a row. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I just I had, on opening I get, though, right? No, I it, I was trying to work in a playground at one point, and and no matter where I moved from the main file to any other file, whether it was in the resources or elsewhere, it just it would crash, and I'd be like. You know what? I'm done. I I went out and I played with the dog. I gave up programming that day. <laughs> so frustrating. This is this is in the release version or the or the new beta version. It was in the release version. I, the release I version. yeah I have yeah yeah, yeah I'm yeah, right in the middle. Master of, anyway, yeah. yeah yeah no no actually the release I was uh, I'm right in the middle of doing something so I can't put a beta on right now. So it was yep. definitely the release version. Yeah yeah. Yeah, so I, I can't speak to that, although I guess uh, subjectively, maybe it does seem a little bit more stable, talking about the beta now, uh, although I wasn't seeing the kind of crashing in the release version, so I can't say for sure, but uh, I think the storyboard, the, the storyboards in, in the release version did have that feel of, remember when, when uh, I think it was Xcode, maybe it was when Xcode 7 first came out, uh, and, uh, and auto layout was really made a, a, a big thing at the time and there was there were these times where every time you'd open the storyboard it would spend a lot of time calculating constraints and things like that and, and updating things so yeah, yeah. you'd get a spinning beach ball every single time the storyboard opened it seemed to me that that was happening again in the release version and it's it seems not as bad in the beta version but that's mm. not a scientific statement that's just uh you know just seems it, it just basic perception from what i've been seeing so far well one of the features of the new um uh xcode 8 is that it doesn't do the auto layout recalculation because it was like you know for i think version 5 6 and 7 i mean anytime you, you your mouse even just glided over top of a storyboard it seemed to want to update it right uh, maybe you're talking about the issue where every time you open the storyboard it would it would update some uh, some references inside the storyboard file. So just opening yes. a storyboard yeah. file would, would mark it as dirty as far as version control. Uh, right, that right. that has yes. apparently been fixed. Although <laughs> the truth mm-hmm. is there, there's been so many other issues, I can't really confirm that uh, because I've been fighting fires all over the place uh, with with the other problems. But uh, but I think that's uh, that was supposed to have been the case. Yeah, I spent all day Monday working with SceneKit, and um, and it's just like I, you know, you know how basically every time you do a build, um, Xcode automatically saves your file, so you kind of get sort of lazy and sloppy about saving things. Mm-hmm. It was so bad that I was actually hitting Command S like constantly. I would do a couple of write a couple of you know lines of code, hit Command S because it just got to the point where nothing was getting. It was just for no reason, just dump out and back to the Finder. Yeah, so. yeah. I don't know. Weird. It's been really stable for me. It's <laughs> because you got to use I'm, it more. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Nasty. That's, yeah, absolutely untrue. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Do people like to hear about 
tech problems that other people are having. <laughs> I don't know. There's nothing um, know. nothing objective about it. It just is a thing that uh, we run into from time to time, I guess. But it's interesting how, like, you know, we've been talking, we have been talking about problems we've been having with our OSs. I mean, you had that ongoing issue for a long time with um, Air, AirDrop, I believe, right? Sure. And then I was having trouble with sound, and it was, it was a couple of OSs there were just, you know, every, everybody, there would be clumps of people having, this, having a similar problem, but... Uh, not always the same. Yeah, it's kind of so, like you so. can eat more salt than I can eat. You know, it's like, it's uh, seriously. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. It's, seriously, though, I mean, everybody, they've got different software loaded. They've got different things running at the time when things crash. I mean, it's so That's hard true, yeah. to pinpoint why you're having a problem and I'm not, or I'm having a problem and you're not, because things are so dramatically different. Your body is way different than mine. I mean, I'm way cooler than you are and my computer's way cooler <laughs> than you are. So, you know, just that saying. I believe is true. Wow. See? Yeah. You're so cool. I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah, I can't exactly. argue with that. Okay. Um, S- yes. So moving on. Phonies. Oh, before we get to that, okay. I just want to, uh, I have a follow up. Um, oh, you do have a follow up. I'm we, sorry. I didn't yeah, see I it. Yeah, I do. We talked, we talked about, um, um, Instagram's uh, new product, IG list kit, uh, I think last week or two weeks ago, uh, Instagram's list kit went live today. And, uh, well, last time I looked, they had roughly 1250 stars. Um, and yeah, so Mark, uh, was remarking that when we looked at that, I talked about that last week, I think it was, uh, it was my pick or something. Um, the uh the git the github wasn't wasn't live even though the link was on the page um and there it is it's live it went live today so if you're interested in ig list kit take a look hmm i'm just looking you know, i looked at this today when it went live and uh i'm wondering what what uh what's this about again <laughs> i'm really sorry yeah it's like it's like the uh, acti- it's like the activity or home view in in uh instagram you know you've got that that long scrolling view with you know you have an asset and then you have a couple of um, rows of information. So it's basically each one's a, each section, if you will, is a, um, or each item they call it is a collection view with, you know, uh, an image at the top and then some action items on, on the next row below. And then another row below that with, you know, comments and things like that, um, and icons. And it's just a way they've basically opened, they re, they rewrote it in Swift. That was the story. Um, and some of the insights that uh, Ryan uh, Nystrom had. And it was one of the talks at, at um, Try Swift in New York. And he basically, as part of the rewriting of it, Instagram decided to open source it and make it available to the public to use in their apps. And so there it is. This is the first version of it on GitHub went live today. Okay, cool. Did Greg work on this? I don't think so. Ah. No. What is even the point? Well, I don't even know what Greg... Actually, Greg, I can you know, tell you that. All I know, Greg Greg has lunch, and he takes pictures of him, selfies of himself at Instagram and shows us the ceiling in his new office. That's very exciting stuff. He does not appear as a contributor in the GitHub repo. Ah, oh, sad. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, fine. What's your position on Dash, Aaron? I think we should talk about it, and I think we should talk about phonies. I think those should be our two main topics. I'm very familiar well, I'm with that. I'm not sure Dash. I know much about Dash. I mean, that, that seems to have been resolved today, right, by the news that came out. Oh, really? So, yeah. Yeah, well, you saw you sent me the, the link, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't know if Aaron's had a chance to dig I into that I thought he one. said that his, he loaned his credit Relative. card and he, he was. Yeah. You guys should check out this link. Yeah. yeah. Tim, can you send? Oh, it's in the notes. Yeah, it's in, it's in the notes. I put it there, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I just want to make sure we establish what, what position we're taking. I mean, because, like, you know... Um, 
I heard the original story. I had a chance to look at. I didn't have a chance to look at Imore's take on it. I heard they had the best take on it, and that's what you posted here. And I didn't. I sort of scanned through that one real quick. Um, I agree. And I listened to. The, I listened to the call that, that that he posted on his on his blog. And I, I don't did know, too. I did too. And, yeah. and everybody, everybody, I, you know, Jaime and I were talk, chatting back and forth about this yesterday before he said he couldn't make it today, but. He was surprised at how many people can listen to the same phone call and hear two different sides of the story, like different takes on it, right? So, because I guess there was a lot of stuff on Twitter about it. Maybe that's the story, Darren. There's like, you know, it's it's at the end of the day, my opinion is it's Apple's sandbox and, and there are rules and we're supposed to abide by them, right? So, and I try to, I don't, you know, I try to keep my clients honest as well. Sure. I don't like. Okay. I don't have a particularly strong uh, feeling about this either way. I think it was just a mm-hmm. a really important topic that got discussed a lot this week, and it would uh, yeah, by a, yeah, yeah, it would seem peculiar if we didn't talk about it. It's one of these things where you know this this post that Jaime sent me uh, with from the forum where the guy did the digging and went into the wayback machine and found you know screenshots of the old uh, iTunes store. I don't know how the hell he did that, but. Um, to find this guy's particular apps, um, it does look like he produced. He was prolific initially, right? And uh, you know, I think there was there was an early opportunity to make you know make money for early developers. We all know that. Uh, whether they were building apps of value is another question. Unfortunately for this guy, Dash was turned out to be you know a quite a good app. And I think we've talked about it on the show. It's been our pick. You know, uh, I own a copy of it. I'm sure you probably do too, right? And uh, you know, I'm happy to give the developer the money in honestly for making a good app, and I'm honest. I'm honestly saying it's a good app, and I I would promote it on on the show. But um, Apple, in looking in trying to move his account around, discovered some some unscrupulous activity, and they called him on it. And you know, that's that's the danger of when you when you play when you try to break the rules, you're going to get caught. And or sorry, you're not going to get caught, but if you get caught, you know, you have to pay the piper. You have to pay the consequences. And that's kind of sort of what I've been hearing from other people around the, the globe. The fact yeah. that he's publicly come out and said pretty strongly that he's not at fault and that's his stance, he did nothing wrong, is part of the problem in my that point of view. I mean, if, if he was doing this and they called him on it and he said, okay, I, I did this and I will stop, fine. Okay, then it moves on. But to try to deny it like that just takes away any credibility in my mind. Yeah, I agree. Like this... um. This uh, post from Frump Snake on Mac Rumors suggests that it's the first narrative that I've seen that explains everything, isn't it? That's what that's part yeah, of what makes it so sure. persuasive. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's much more likely that that he himself wrote this stuff years ago than a family member who is presumably naive. Yeah, like it, it seems much more likely that he himself wrote these things. And you can imagine it, right? Because a developer who is becoming better at their craft is going to write a bunch of crappy apps. Uh, <laughs> I'm Exhibit 1. <laughs> um, yeah, so, we've all done it, yeah. You know, uh, and he, he was more prolific than, than many people. And, uh, and you know, I guess it, it stands to reason that at some point he might uh, come across a successful app. And I think there is... It's a rare indie developer who does not wish the same for themselves. Uh, it's what happened afterward, I guess, is the problem. When, you know, he did this, you know, uh, nothing is said here about fraudulent reviews in this. Am I missing it? Because I haven't read this that closely, but it's it's perhaps likely that as part of his, you know, writing uh, shovelware, for want of a better term, uh, he also engaged in purchasing fraudulent reviews for his apps to 
to give them some bump. So yeah, and I guarantee that many developers have done that over time. I mean, it's you know, it's it, people will will do that if they think that's going to get them an advantage, right? And I mean, in the early days, we really didn't know what what a review was worth, and it turns out in the grand scheme of things that, that a positive review is worth a lot of a lot of marketing value, right? Yeah, for, for you, sure. Right? Yeah, I guess that the thing I would say about this is that I really do want to believe him. Uh, when it came out because you know he's <laughs> an, he's an indie developer and uh he's making a claim that uh and and it's it was not implausible that apple did not give this the full consideration that it deserved um but again of course we couldn't say for sure uh this this clears up a lot um so it is it does seem quite likely that uh young bogdan Popescu did in fact um do exactly what apple was claiming he did um, at, as, as things stand right now, his account is still suspended, so we don't know if Dash will ever return to the App Store, and it seems possible that it will not. And uh, and that is kind of a shame. Mm-hmm. Dash is an excellent app, and it remains an excellent app that I use every day. So yeah. it's uh, it's it's a shame. I'm still a little lost. I mean, the last the last thing I read was that he had loaned the credit card to a, mem- a family member and gave them some devices. Where where did the proof come in that that was a false story? That's what I'm missing here. So in this latest link, this latest post, uh, there are some screenshots to some Wayback Machine uh, snapshots of his website from years ago that show all of the, uh, the shovelware as well as Dash as his products. And there's also a a uh, a shot of a an article from some some uh, blog or, or website in, in the UK talking about his early, some one of his early products and mentioning him by name as the author of that early product. The ones yeah. that he's claiming were written by his uh, his uh, uh, relative. Gotcha. Yeah, so there's a, a certain amount of documentary evidence, you know, from the past when uh, he was in fact the author of these. Uh, you know, again, I don't know these apps or this post is calling it shovelware, but, uh, you know, <laughs> you could, you could easily call the stuff that I wrote shovelware too. Um, well, I, you know, it's, sure. it's obviously yeah, a derogatory sure, sure. comment that, you know, implies that it was written in order to, uh, just, just as a business. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's software that, that was not very successful, put it that way. So there's a, there's a press release and, uh, that, you know, for, for an app that he, uh, supposedly had had nothing to do with and was written or produced somehow by his relative. Yeah, but what if what if these things are just like web crawlers that go out and they they see the same link stuff somehow? I mean, you know, I, I've come across my my name in in internet links that were like, well, how the heck am I tied to that? Like, how is that image coming up with my name? It doesn't even make any sense. I mean, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I'm just yeah, hoping that so, the guy didn't, you, you, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So, so Tammy, if you follow the link in the notes and then click on the first link within the link, which is now I'm looking at it. It's a, it's a Macworld UK article. Then this it's is just a, press, a press release. This is a press release. Yeah. Uh, and about three, Paragraphs in, it mentions him, Bogdan Popescu, a software engineering student at Coventry University, took this little challenge from Apple, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, talking about how he developed this app. So, no, again, I didn't want to give the wrong impression. No one's complaining about the app. Uh, 
it's the app is I, I don't know anything about the app it's it's fine uh it, the 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 issue is that this was his app and it was in this questionable account uh which later after he had split the accounts had some fraudulent reviews and he was claiming that he had nothing to do with with that other app at all when there's evidence that he did so it's irrefutable proof i mean this is this is not just screenshots it's more than that it's it's press releases and it's his his name clearly attached to it without yeah yeah okay because yeah. the, the the links I was looking at was screenshots, you know. Yeah one 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 of them I've, I'm clicked on here. It actually goes to his own blog. It's a web archive of of his own blog with this product called Move Attic, which was a copy and paste function. I guess back in the early iPhone days or it's a Mac OS ten app actually, but it's his website and it's got a picture of the app that he's saying he didn't produce on his own website. So. You know, I, I, and admittedly, from from where we were a couple of days ago, or before we saw this this particular page, you know, we were kind of, hey, what happened to you know, innocent until proven guilty? Because you know, if it went to court or whatever, the onus would be down on them to prove it. But but and this link today that this um, I've forgotten his name now, uh, from something, what's his name? Anyway, I'm just saying that he po- he's the guy that posted this, found this stuff, dug it up, posted these links to show that in fact. You know, there there is some evidence, and I'm sure that Apple's got even more, right? Right. Well, what we don't have direct access to the evidence for is the fraudulent reviews. That's true. We don't have that. Only Apple has that evidence. But but in even in his blog and in the phone call on his blog, he's very clearly making the point that he had nothing to do with that other account or those other apps, and there's pretty incontrovertible evidence that he did have to do with those other apps. Now he could argue, I guess that something along the lines of, yes, he wrote that app and he gave it to his relative. And then he had nothing to do with that app anytime forward. And if there were fraudulent reviews for that app, that's all on his relative, not on him because he broke contact. He could have said that, but he didn't say that. He just said he had nothing to do with it at all. denied everything. And to me, that's kind of suspicious. Yeah, I suppose. Well, we'll have to see how it plays out, I guess. You know, yep. um, I have a feeling we're not going to hear just... too much more about this. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Hmm. Link will be in the show notes, folks. By the way, I just want to say, before we get too far into the show, this episode is brought to us by BuddyBuild. Okay, um, is, is that where you then you would break into my read of it? No, not this is not necessarily. I would, I would, uh, I just want to make sure that I've got the little stinger there so that uh, Greg knows stinger. when it when we're breaking for a commercial, right? So, oh, gotcha. Because he he gets confused, right? Ah, oh, he's a poor, simple man. Poor, poor Greg. Yeah. <laughs> Great, now I'm gonna be singing farm. "Simple Man" in my head. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thanks. Now I'm singing "Simple Man" in my head. <laughs> is that a Buckethead song? <laughs> oh no, my goodness! I no. can't Leonard Skinner couldn't. It wouldn't have words if it did. Okay, wait, 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 wait. I have to get this. Is it Leonard Skinner? Leonard. Let me try to pronounce that Leonard. Leonard. Leonard Skinner. Okay. We're tailing Skinnard. away. <laughs> it's it's exactly as it's you know it's pronounced exactly as it's written right just like the album said yeah just like the island Java right yeah okay yep. All right, so I just want to make sure, you know, before somebody starts yelling at me about that. BuddyBuild is a mobile-optimized, continuous integration and delivery platform that takes just minutes to set up. 
Thousands of mobile development teams love BuddyBuild because it's the fastest way to distribute their apps to users and gather bug reports, feedback, and crash reports. Then, use built-in integrations for bug trackers and tools like Slack to seamlessly integrate that information back into their development process. With a simple screenshot, testers can send their feedback directly to you, along with important diagnostic details. If your app ever crashes, BuddyBuild will record the frequency, affected users, and traces back to the exact lines of source code that caused the crash in the first place. BuddyBuild gives you even better visibility into crashes with Instant Replay, a video recording that shows exactly what your users were doing when the app crashed, giving you the exact steps needed to repro the issue. BuddyBuild gives development teams like yours perfect insight into bugs and empowers you to iterate on your app faster than ever, knowing you're building an app your users love. Join the thousands of developers who have already added BuddyBuild to their development process. Try it free today at BuddyBuild.com. Very good. Now, can we talk about phonies? Tell us about phonies, Aaron. Phonies. Okay. Uh, Do you know what phonies are? Or phonies was, I should say? Uh, no, okay, I don't. So, I, know what, I know what phony the word is, but I, I take it it's not the same thing. No. Phonies was a sticker app for iOS 10. So when, when iOS 10 came out, this fellow, Adam Howell, as a prank, <laughs> created this app called Phonies. Um, and it's a sticker set which uh, mimics the look and feel of iMessage uh, texts. Um. And replaces so that you know how you can like uh, drag and drop the stickers from the app view onto an actual message, right? right? So the point of this was to create like an iMessage bubble with a different message inside of it. So that if you put it right on top of an existing text that someone sent to you, you can essentially, by all appearances anyway, change what they said. Right. So if right. someone writes yes, to you, yes. you're being a goof, you could instead place the stick, the sticker on top that makes it look like you're saying, oops, I just pooped myself. And then you can respond <laughs> to that. And they're like, what's going on here? And it's like a huge practical joke. It's funny, right? Uh, it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, um, you're right. Now that you've said, told me, I do remember this app for sure. Yes. Fantastic. Continue. So, um, as, as you might expect, Apple, uh, quickly approved all these apps, uh, all these sticker apps that were huh. being shot at the store. But then uh, once it became popular, looked back on it and said, whoa, 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 you know, because this is actually kind of crossing a line uh, because it's confusing people. Hilarious though it is, uh, we don't think that it should be like this on the app store. And so they contacted uh, Adam Howell and they said, look, you can keep the app on the store, but uh, you have to change it so that the, the stickers do not look like iMessage bubbles. Um, and so right, right. he's like, well, you know, that's actually the whole point of this sticker pack. So uh, my only alternative is to let that weak deadline that they gave me run out and uh, the app will die. Because if he pulls it from the store, um, then people who bought it don't have access to it. And if he makes the change to the app as Apple requested, those that bought it for the reason that they wanted to would no longer have the the thing that they wanted, right? So really the only option that was available to him was to uh, let Apple pull it. And so that's exactly what they did. They did it uh, three days ago. So this article that we're pointing to in the show notes is uh, his story, his recounting of that experience, and uh, more to the point, a uh, little 
a lot of inside baseball about how the app performed on the store. It was right, the number yeah. one paid app in the iMessage app store for eight straight days. Wow. And it was still number one on the 9th of October when Apple pulled it. So it went out on top. <laughs> so wow. um, what he's done here, though, in this column is outlined exactly uh, what money he made over the course of its uh, admittedly brief life. And uh, draw some conclusions about what it takes to be a number one app in the iMessage app store. So there's a lot of very interesting information here for indie developers. So if you're interested at all in um, in iMessage apps, uh, you can see what it would take to be a top app, which is sort of like uh, like the same answer as you get for being in the app store. It's like you got to be a miracle worker. Um, <laughs> but uh, having gotten there, what kind of money can you expect to make? So I'll give you the the short answer to that. Sure, um, a lot. Yeah. Yes, a fair amount. I mean, in the I think he was on for from September twenty sixth through to October sixth. I guess is the data he's got here. So what's that? A week or two? <laughs> he yeah, made much, yeah. um, after after Apple's cut. He made twenty three thousand two hundred six dollars and fifteen cents. Nice, you know, nice, and, and, yeah. and not not for a ton of work either, as you know. Um, of course, this is the uh, the end of the rainbow that so many indie developers are chasing when they go on the App Store, especially for something as trivial to make art aside as a sticker app. Um, you know, because I, I should hasten to add that uh, creating artwork, um, if you're doing it original artwork, is you know can be a very onerous task. So, uh, but not in his case, I wouldn't think. You know, I don't think it would be too hard at all to make a bunch of iMessage speech bubbles, which is pretty much what he did. Um, and hmm. and get back twenty three grand from it. Uh, it's it's a rare um, app that makes that kind of money. I was going to say it's too bad there isn't somebody on this show that that uh, did a stick, sticker app. Hey, my sticker pack made fifteen bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I did a sticker app, <laughs> and it made fifteen dollars so far. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah, raking yeah, it in, it, man. That's right. That's right. right uh, maybe well. maybe the spike you get here. No, it's only been out for like two days. Oh. Uh, what is the sticker pack? Uh, it's Just Right Monsters. <laughs> just Right oh, Monsters. That's right, man. Okay. Is that Just, just Right, R-I-G-H-T, or W-R-I-T-E? W-R-I-T-E. Uh, mm, cool. 30, That's 30, I asked, or, yeah, 30 original monster stickers for 99 cents. Oh, wow. There you go. Yeah, man. Yep. And now remind me. me here. I got okay, I got to go to the messages, and then I got to compose, and then I go to the apps, and then I go to the app selector, then I go to the store. You can get a store link too, like as well. Yeah, you can get a store yeah. link. Yeah, yeah, but I don't have one right now. In the, in the show notes, yeah. just right. Monsters there. It came up immediately when I, I it auto completed. Nice. Ninety nine cents. It's a buck thirty nine, man. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, like the Americans are so taken advantage of. I us. know they really are. Okay, I'm buying it for you, Tammy. You are. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, <laughs> sixteen bucks you've made so far. Hey, man, it, every little bit. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna send monsters to people. Um, back to this story, though. Uh, <laughs> it really, um, it says that you know some of the extrapolations he was able to make. It takes b- between a thousand and fifteen hundred sales per day to make your app number one top paid. If you are the number one top grossing app in the iMessage app store, you're making between $2,500 and $3,000 in sales per day. That's what, that's what you get if you're number one. Um, in terms of uh, the 
referral traffic and um, impressions. He got between 150, 200,000 impressions a day being on the um, iMessage App Store home screen because, you know, ironically, he was featured by Apple. <laughs> okay. <laughs> really? <Woo-hoo>. Funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, again, we've seen that before. Uh, editorial and app approval are different departments, right? So that's not too surprising. Right. Until um, somebody you know, pranked uh, Phil Schiller with a sticker on his on a chat. I didn't hear about that. What was that? No, I'm kidding. I'm just... Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Gu- I'm guessing as to how they, right. how they found right, out, right? Right, 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 right. Um, and his final point, which is, of course, um, I think so important and uh, uh, very smart. Unless you have a really compelling concept and are driving a lot of people in from outside the app store, okay, mm-hmm. um, you're going to have a really hard time making money. And he has an excellent example. Um, the, the sticker pack Grammar Snob, which I also have. Um, have you heard of that one? No. Okay, Grammar Snob is... I should make it a pick, but I don't have one this week, so let's just take this one as my pick. Grammar Snob is a sticker pack right. that allows you to... Um, uh, t- it, again, just like just like this one, takes advantage of the fact that it sits on top of and so affects existing messages. Uh, and so, what this t- has is a bunch of common editing marks, uh, so that you can like add commas or apostrophes, for example, to people's bad spelling in their text. Right. So when you do an it's, oh, I can right. I can add the apostrophe in there or or remove it. Right. Using using the diacritical marks that uh, the grammarians sure. use. So uh, it's super funny app so you can take advantage of of people who are taking less care in their texting than most <laughs> really uh makes you look like a dick let's face it so but it's funny you know and it got and it got super popular and caught on so i think it's probably done pretty well but the vast majority of them right are um i'm so sorry <laughs> sorry tammy uh they're they're just pictures right so um as cool as the pictures are and they are they're it's extremely difficult to convince someone to download this particular set of pictures as opposed to someone else's. Um, and that's that's sort of the business risk uh, in doing a sticker pack. Uh, apparent low cost of entry, but, uh, you know, how do you, how do you make it stick? How do you get people's attention? I just did it for fun. What do you fun. guys think? <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, <laughs> I always do everything fair, for fun. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, you know, like, and again, like he says, I think sort of the same thing in this column. It's that um, uh, it seems like it's going to be the province of large brands. Um, you know, like how Disney was there on day one. That's so obvious, right? That that Disney would have like a Star Wars sticker pack. Everybody would want the Star Wars sticker pack. Well, so, you know, I, I, I'm tr- trying to find a link right now, but and I can't remember if it was on my phone or on my iPad or on my Mac, but probably the, the iPad, I guess. I saw that the Blue Jays sticker pack is being featured. Yeah, of course. Of course, right? Of course. So, and again, and, that's you know, another big brand, right? It's in a, a Major League Baseball exactly. club. Yep. Strike while the iron's hot. Yep. Yeah, that's what they're doing. So uh, there you go. Um, you know, I just, uh, <laughs> I, I think it's like a, a kind of a microcosm of the regular app store. And because yeah. of, you know, sort of the, the Big Bang introduction, just like in 2008, right, with the original app store, a bunch of people rush in, some of them hit it rich. Uh, but you know they get piled in by thousands of of imitators who who get nothing basically, um, mm-hmm. and the turnaround time is so much faster than it is for an app. But the results are so similar. Uh, just fortunate, I guess, for the uh, the sticker makers that there's not as much effort involved. 
you know, and it's, I, so I think it's much more painful to be an app developer still because you put a lot more effort into it and, uh, you can get the same result as you can for a sticker app, which is almost nothing as I know only too well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh-huh. I agree. I mean, it's uh, reading this article. I hadn't read it before, but uh, reading through it, it's, I, I think except for the absolute numbers, because, because the scale is different, pretty much if you substitute app for sticker, it still works. You know, because, so it is oh, describing yeah. the, the app process on the app store completely. It's, it's, it's pretty much the same, uh, the same type of market, just, uh, well, it's new and it's, and it's, and it's, uh, and it's, and it's, um, you know, different, uh, slightly different emphasis. So, so the scale is different, but, but the concept is the same. You know, you just, if you just throw something up there, chances are no one's going to notice it. You have to, you have to do your own marketing outside. You have to really make a, a business out of promoting this thing. And if you do that well, and if you have a good app, then maybe people will start, will start downloading it. Exactly. And in the case of a sticker app, you know, when, when your app is really, honestly just pictures uh how do you how do you make a business case around your pictures right either you have really great pictures or you have an existing right. brand and yep. let's face it it's the latter yep. <laughs> i just you know i mean tammy's monsters are cute <laughs> yeah, well, yeah thanks yeah. aaron yeah <laughs> so we'll see if if you get the uh, mtjc bump tammy after this the show goes out we'll see if you uh get some more downloads <laughs> so you got at least two tonight i did it i downloaded it too <laughs> Oh, thank you. Um, we should yeah. we should trademark that the MTJC bump, right? Like yeah, should, I bump, like that, totally which that. is trademarked. Yeah. And guess what? Y'all need a sticker pack. We do actually. We do need a sticker pack. You do get on it. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, yeah. We're, we're working on it. Anyway, um, I just want to say I don't know if you guys have poked around. I'm just looking at my iPad Pro here at the the sticker store. I went like I followed Aaron's sort of lead here and went in there, and there's all kinds of stuff. I just noticed here there's a managed uh, tab here, and you can see all the apps that are your are your regular apps that have uh, added stickers to their to their store. So Alto's right. Adventure for instance, has has one, Yelp, Trello, Periscope, Evernote, Assembly, which is another app I have. Uh, have all got sticker packs. I guess they just kind of stealthily put them into their, their latest upgrades, right? Yeah, a lot of apps have done that. And so you see there, Tim, you've got the option of automatically installing the sticker packs of apps that you have installed. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 So hmm. you can just flip that switch and then they'll just appear. So if you get an update to an existing app that now includes a sticker pack, it'll appear in your app app drawer there for your, your use. Hmm. What What is Trello's sticker pack? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Oh, it's probably do it now. You know, you're late. Yeah. You know, approved. You know, yeah. Maybe, yeah, something like that. This uh, is a is a beautiful microcosm of the whole app store, and uh, it's wonderful when someone feels free to give their numbers. Um, and it seems like not only is it a microcosm of the app store, but uh, it is a sort of micro app store in terms of revenue as well, right? Like the number one app right. on the app store is making. Uh, some orders of magnitude more money, you know, the number one app right. on the app store, right? Than the iMessage store. So um, there, there one you thing go. that is kind of unfortunate is that it was cut off artificially by Apple. Of course, uh, it would have been interesting to see the inevitable decline of the bell curve that uh, you always see when you have an app that does well. Uh, yes, there's, there's always, you know, it's sort of Gaussian distribution that has a tail, uh, but it would be nice to see what the width of that is. How, uh, what that really tells you is is what's the lifetime 
of one of these apps in terms of of uh, large scale downloads. So you put one out. How long does that celebrity or whatever it is last before everyone who who had who had an interest in it downloads it and is done? Uh, versus uh, you know uh, word of mouth spreading around and telling people and 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 keeping the downloads going. You know, do they last a couple of weeks? Do they last a couple of months? It would be really interesting to know that. Yeah, well, the interesting thing about this, I, I don't think you can just very clearly say that it would be like an app because there is absolutely the social aspect of sticker packs, right? Because whenever you send one, um, it it communicates that the original app back to the person you're sending it to. God, I said that terribly. So whoever receives, yeah, yeah. sure, there's there's a built-in virality which which can exist for an app and often does exist for an app, uh, especially if you you know you put in some you know, what they call growth hacks, right? That you, you tell your friends or whatever, and or, or even just word of mouth telling your friends. So there's some, there's some virality there. Uh, but yet yeah, you're right. It's, it's typically not as built in as it is with, with these. It's not, it's, it's, it's very inherent to, to the actual function of the, of the app itself. In this case, the sticker app itself, uh, the virality is just kind of naturally built in much more so than in, in an app. It's Absolutely. Actually, I can give you an example of that in my own case. Uh, since iMessage stickers have come out, one of the apps that I got was something called Party Parrot. Have you heard of Party Parrot? We have nope. not. Okay, so Party yes. Parrot. I don't, I don't even know if it's a thing. Tammy? I said I was yes? afraid to ask what it is. <laughs> okay, I'm super sorry to do this to you then. Um, okay, so Tim, you're, you're in my iMessage queue, so I'll send you a, I'll send you a damn Party Parrot. <laughs> as soon as I... Yeah, here we are. All right. Okay, so I'll send you a Party Parrot. And uh, you'll see what this looks like um, for the listeners driving at home. It's uh, essentially a GIF of a parrot swaying back and forth in like mm-hmm. multi-chromatic colors, and that's party parrot. Very simple. Well, um, I got that, and <laughs> I started sending uh, party parrots to my daughter. My daughter loves party parrot and is like putting party parrot all over everything and so she's texting with her friends because she got the same app we're all in a family account so she just got party parrots herself sent party parrots to her friends her friends get party parrots they send party parrots to their friends and their friends get party parrots you can see how this goes everyone's party parroting everyone (laughs) it's nuts but there's the virality at work yeah um which makes me think that uh, an iMessage app would have more legs than an ios app well, again, if it's a, if it's an iOS app, say like let's take Snapchat for example, where you need Snapchat to to uh, to to do anything once your friend sends you a Snapchat, right? Then there's built-in virality like that. But if it's a so that so it will behave similar to to an app like that. But if it's a, a completely different kind of app, you know, where it's just uh, I don't know grocery lists or whatever, where there's no virality whatsoever, then of course it's going to behave differently. Totally. Totally. Okay. Hey, where, where's my parrot? Oh, there it is. Get yourself the a party parrot. Device. Alrighty then. So, I, so here's an interesting exercise. I, this is the first one I've gotten a link or a parrot from or whatever, a sticker from that I don't have the app. Does, is there like a share link that appears? Somebody was asking me about that. Oh, isn't there? I thought there would be. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it says from party parrots and it's got like a little blue link. And if I click on it, what does it do for me? That's it. Oh, yeah. It takes me to the store. How about that? How about that? What do you know? I don't know, Tim. What do I know? So little. <laughs> okay, so okay. that's that. 
Oh, that's that's where I saw the. Uh, it's on the phone. Is where I saw the um, the um, um, featured page on the app store or the sticker store, and it shows the uh, Hello Kitty and the Blue Jays and pop songs too. What do you know? Alrighty. Um, so what else is going on? That, that seems it. to have covered uh, the majority of the topics that we have here, Tim. Uh, so what cult, should we do oh, next, Aaron? Who, who put Cult of the Party Parrot? Because is this a thing I'm going to learn did. about? Did you do just a Google just, search and find this? Yeah, while you were talking about Party Parrot, oh. I just thought, I thought I would okay. send you a link. Yeah, I, I, I realized that Party Parrot was a thing. I just had no idea, mm-hmm. um, you know, what it is. And this actually Cult of the Party Parrot doesn't really help me. But um, uh, <laughs> these, uh, these, these parrots uh, do pe- seem to be the ones that uh, appear in that sticker pack. Uh, sure, I think if, it's just yeah. funny. Last week we did a. I did a piece where I, I Laser kids, in the middle yes. of talking about ticker stickers. I a friend of mine wrote an app called Cat Paint, and the stickers in it were cats with lasers, right? And while we were chatting, you know, I sent one to Jaime, I sent one to you. I think I sent one to Mark today, actually. But yeah, I was uh, wondering why you sent that to me today. <laughs> yeah, so no, I was actually I was actually demoing my iPad Pro to somebody else. Ah, and it okay. You and I were chatting earlier, so I, I just sort of threw a threw a sticker at you for you know for no reason at yep. all. Yep. But um. Uh, yeah, it's 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 funny. Like, it's amazing how many people just because there's a, a cat in in like in in the link that for the show last week just retweeted me because there was a cat with lasers. You know, I don't even think they even know that we have a podcast. All they saw hey, was an image and they retweeted. Cats it. are awesome. What are you gonna everybody, do? Everybody likes cats. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. it's cats yeah. of Twitter. Cats of the internet. Yeah, lol cats. Yeah, for sure. There's there's no losing when you got a cat. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So I guess it's pick time, Aaron. I don't have any. Do you, like, um, well, that kind of sort of was your pick. Perry, Gram, Perry, grammar Perry. snob was maybe my pick. Uh, that's oh, the best I can grammar get. Snob. Grammar right, snob. Right. Grammar, grammar snob. snob? Okay, yeah. Go right. check it out. Um, actually, I guess it wouldn't hurt to put a link in the show notes. Let me do that while you guys are doing your picks. Sure. Okay. So, Mark, do you have a tip or? Uh, I, I actually don't have one this week, unfortunately. No tips this week. No. What's that guy mowing his lawn in England going to do now? Who could ever know? I don't know. Hmm. Tammy, have you, can you come up with a pick? I do. I'm putting it in the show notes now for you because right. I don't want to get All yelled right. at. We're not putting it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Who yelled at you about not putting Okay. Mm-hmm. Somebody yelled at me at one time. Okay, so my, really? I don't know, I just make stuff up. My pick is uh, Day of the Tentacle Remastered. It's oh, a, it's a new, it's not new. No way. Yeah, it's not new, but it's new really? to me. Yes, I know. I, look, I live oh. under a big rock, but I love that game. Someone introduced me to it, I guess it was the end of last week, and I didn't get a chance to play it right away until the weekend, and I can't stop. I'm addicted. It, do you know what... You, when back in the, I think it was the it's LC. An, it's an days. old game. Yes, it, it's been remastered and it's available. I think on the i, on iPad and on the Steam Store. So I have it on my iPad, and uh, yeah, I know it's a remake. It's obviously right remastered, but they have this mode in the game on the iPad version where you can play it or you can play it with the developer's commentary. And mind blown, <laughs> I was doing it with the commentary, and I was like. This is so cool. So that's my pick. Yeah, that's an awesome movie. I remember playing it back in the day because uh, I think one of my stepsons got a an LC and it came with the computer, right? 
And so he and his girlfriend played it like from beginning to end. It was just, and that's when I first heard about the word vortex because of the day of the tentacle. It's awesome. And I work with a guy who looks like the main character in the uh, day of the tentacle. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He doesn't know it, but oh well. We won't tell him. Um, Nobody wants to do that. (laughs) Tim, go ahead and make your picks. Yeah. So, um, on that note, let's cheer you up a bit. So I was, I'm always interested in, in tutorials that I see online and, and I saw one on Swift. It was a, a teaser link by uh, a young man named Christopher Hill. And it was, you know, sort of, it was called um, Swift Playgrounds on the iPad with a twist. And so, you know, I dutifully clicked on the link and found myself watching Christopher Hill, um, who has cerebral palsy and was talking about, uh, with subtitles, how he was going to demonstrate how to use his iPad uh, and show us Swift Playgrounds. And, of course, he, he sort of, he's, he's actually, his, he's making a career of himself as a video editor. And uh, he's, apparently that's, you know, it's his new thing. And But he uses the uh, opportunity to have the voiceover in the iPad say to him, well, clearly you can't touch the iPad. How are you going to do a video on this thing? And I'm paraphrasing. And he basically has, um, uses assistive uh, technologies in that are available in, as he tells in the video, uh, iPad, iPod, iPhone, um, Mac OS as well. To and one thing is called um, switch control, and another one assistive touch. And he has a, a pad behind his head that he he taps with uh, his head and is able to use uh, accessibility functions within the apps to navigate around on his iPad. And he does video editing in Final Cut Pro and amazing work. Um, but watching just just the tongue in cheek way that he presents this tutorial, and he actually goes through and shows the Swift Playgrounds in, uh, tutorial. Um, it's it's pretty amazing, and it really makes you stop and think for a minute about accessibility, about taking the time to put accessibility controls into our app. So we get a lot of stuff for free, admittedly, which is which is great to see. Um, but to see some to see the fact that somebody who has a, you know clearly a physical disability able to use a device like an iPad Pro without you know using his hands it's amazing um so and just to pair to, to let you know so switch control allows you to, to navigate through by tapping and move down through a hierarchy of of elements like imagine a table row you can go from one table row to the other and then there's another tap to enter that table row and assistive touch allows you to, it sort of does a vertical scan of the screen and you can tell it to stop there and there's a horizontal um, scan of the screen and tilt to stop there and so where the intersection of those two scans lands that's where you're going to put, do your touch right so that's how he's able to actually navigate around use a keyboard um, you know draw things on the iPad it's amazing stuff so um, I recommend everybody stop what they're doing right now and go watch that video have tissues ready when you that, do yeah it's amazing <laughs> stuff I can't I watch cried it right when now I watched I'm recording it. a podcast <laughs> sorry Tim <laughs> well when you're done um, definitely, definitely take time to do that. So that's my first pick. My second pick was, I kind of talked about it a little bit in the beginning of the show. Um, I took, I decided, you know, since it was a holiday and I had a, I had a day f- where I didn't have anything that I absolutely had to do. I took the time, uh, Tammy and I spoke to uh, Chris language on a roundabout. Can I say that Tammy? Well, you just did. So yeah, <laughs> I can edit it out. <laughs> this one, no. for three days. No, but I mean, her, her show doesn't come up until next week, right? Yeah. No, you're fine. You're fine. Spoiler. Okay, all right. <laughs> Spoiler. Chris Language is yes. coming to the Tam- show. 
Yeah, spoiler, we talked to Chris Language on the roundabout about his uh, book, 3D iOS Games, um, as well as what he does for a living in, in, in terms of making games and stuff like that. But the book he wrote for, for uh, Ray Warner Lake specifically, he's actually a 2D game designer who then wrote a book on uh, using uh, Scene Kit to build a series of apps. And there's basically four tutorials in, in the... Um, Four apps that you build in in this this uh, book, and it's if you if you're ever curious about anything to do with Scene Kit, how it works with um, with regular views, how it works with uh, Sprite Kit, and how to basically build like things like Crossy Road and games like that, or like Breakout and that kind of stuff in a 3D environment, it's actually a very good tutorial, and it's, and it's broken down until you learn a little bit about you know Scene Kit in general, and then by the time you get to the last tutorial, you're basically rocking. You know, uh, this particular version I ran was running Swift 2.2 and using Scene Kit back and forth. And they just today, as a matter of fact, uh, where are we? October 12th. Um, Ray Wernerlich has released the upgrade to the to the book, and so there's a book available for iOS 10 written in Swift 3. So, if you're again, great book on uh, if you're use, at all curious about Scene Kit, you know I can't say enough. About, I'm going to basically go back and revisit some of my games and and uh, crank them out with this with this tool based on what I learned in this tutorial. So you're going to do okay. a 3D Geese Squad? Yeah, yeah, Geesey Squad, I yeah. think is what we're going to call it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's using Magic of Voxel. I'm gonna have to download that and, and learn that tool, and it looks, you know, pretty pretty cool. That's my pick. Great. Tammy, did you have anything to do with the editing of that book? Yeah, I was actually the Final Pass editor on that book, and also the um, the 2D Games book that just came out a couple of days prior to that. Right, right. Were you involved in the original book? No. Yes, I was the tech editor of the original book. Well, there you go. More than just code, folks. More than just code. So books about code. Yes. And yes. sticker art. Hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. And stickers, yes. And books about yes. sticker art. Well, right. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. that does seem inevitable, though, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, I know that um, right. Aham- Muhammad Azam has a course on Udemy about sticker apps and iMessage apps, so I, I will get you a link and put it in the show notes, but he did a sticker app session at Indie Dev Stock, and now he's got a tutorial thing on Udemy, and it's very, very good. I would recommend it. Cool. Alrighty. Okay, so I guess that's it for the week, guys. It's starting to look that, that way, Aaron. Tim. So, Aaron, if people want to find you on the interwebs, where would they go? I think they should go to Twitter, at Aaron Vay. All right, and Tammy, if people want to find you out there on the interwebs? Best place to get me is on Twitter at Paradox927. All righty, and Mark? Mark R at smapsoft.com. All right, and as usual, my name is still Timitra, and I am T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on Twitter, and that's where you can reach me. So until next week, we'll say goodbye. See you later. Bye. Bye. See ya. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. There, you can find a summary and show notes for each episode. We list links to the items that we talk about on the show, as well as links to the apps on the App Store. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment on the website. And if you can, please write a review on iTunes. If you're listening on Overcast, go ahead and press the recommend button. It really helps others find out about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter. Once again, the podcast Twitter account is at mtjc underscore podcast. 
If you'd like to support us, you can pledge any amount on patreon.com slash mtjc. Thanks again for listening. Be like a big pregnant pause at the end of that. Yeah, too bad. It's the cast will take care of it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Overcast. Why do I keep saying Instacast? All right, Tim. Yeah, it's funny. Okay, and soon. Thank you. Alrighty. Done. Um, short show. Um, just the way I like them, so I can Mm -hmm, I can mm -hmm. listen to more podcasts. So important. How many podcasts do you listen to? Well, right now I'm at about four. Really? Okay, what are they? It's not many. Um, well, hang on, let me have a look. I believe it is uh, ATP, uh, mm-hmm. Apple Talk. Which What's is, that one? Uh, that's the, it's actually a new one from iMore. And it's oh, got okay. oh, uh, right, Rene right, Ritchie, yeah. uh, Mark Gartenberg, and, and Serenity Caldwell. And mm-hmm, sometimes yeah. they have guest hosts as well. Um, right. So that's, and it's always short. That's what I like about it. It's uh, usually about half an hour long dig mm-hmm. that and uh right, it's always right. just on one topic so it's a really nice to- nice podcast uh core intuition mm-hmm. is the other one um right and uh the talk show john gruber's talk show mm-hmm. and then ours and i think that's it like those are the the four weekly ones that i listen to mm-hmm. uh and if i Without, ever I have think, time sorry i was gonna say i think that's five actually is it uh us apple talk Corrent, adp talk show yeah okay five <laughs> including us so yeah yeah I'm, I'm totally tapped out like right now actually um i've got uh, i'm halfway through the latest corrent and i haven't listened to apple talk yet um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's it's getting close to the weekend again and they're gonna just like yeah. pile right up and i'm now then i'm in trouble yeah well friend of the show i was wondering but i was gonna ask vic hudson the same question maybe he can reply to me um he must listen to a ton of podcasts, but some people have, some people commute, right? That's the thing. Like I don't commute. Mm -hmm. Like I only listen when I'm uh, doing chores around the house or walking the dog. And uh, those hours just don't add up to like anything more than like four or five hours a week. Right. Right. Um, that's why I tend to prefer shorter podcasts. Now those people who are in their cars and they're driving, like they're literally in their cars for two to maybe three hours a day. Wow. Yeah. Suckers just just the worst but um being able to listen to lots of podcasts is one way to get around that mm-hmm. so that's it all right well i'm gonna take so, back the rest of my wednesday night and uh i guess i'll talk to you guys later nice to hear your voice again tammy um bye aaron sorry <laughs> talk to you guys later it's funny it's funny like it's it, you know going through the scene kit thing um it would be totally cool to write a i mean the uh, scene kit tutorial, um, you know, it, it was a lot of fun going through. Even in spite of, even though you know Xcode kept crashing, I, I probably I started on late on Saturday, and then I kind of all through. Oh, sorry, Sunday because we had a Monday off here, so I, all Monday I just went through it, and then I just went back and finished it off uh, last night because I had like maybe chapter twenty to do, right? Which is adding sound and stuff like that. But yeah, I learned a ton about scene kit, right? You, well, you edited the book, right, Tammy? So you must have learned a ton there too, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, scene scene kit and sprite kit and gameplay kit, which is not in it, either of those books, 
are my favorite technologies, yeah. hands down. And now I'm in the process of writing a metal course, which is really interesting and fun and interesting. Right, Did right. I mention it was interesting? Yeah, you said interesting and interesting. I know, just for you, I did sense. that. <laughs> Thank you very much. But, I wanted so to make sure you understood you, though, me. <laughs> well, but so, you know, some of those AI things that they added into, into uh, last year, they added a bunch of stuff, and then they added some more this year, like to, to, to Sprite, like where you can do, like, a, what do you call it, where you can swarm characters together and stuff like that. Um See what's kind of cool, Mark, is they have this this concept called a scene file, and then so you can you can have like a bunch of trees, for instance, in, or cars, and you can you can open up a scene file and you can put all the cars on the road, right? And then you can then that kind of like becomes a group of cars, right? And you, so then you can apply. Um, and I'm going to ask you a question about this in a minute, but you can add you can add bit masks to them to set. Um, uh, an ID so that when you're trying to calculate collisions, right, you can the, the bit mask applies to all of the elements in that group. And then when you're building your game scene, you actually just grab the whole, you grab the traffic group and you pop it onto the road, right, kind of thing. Um, so it's kind of a, it, it's a way of organizing all these little disparate parts into into elements, if you will, become you know sort of groups of objects or nodes are really they're really called nodes, right? Um, and then you apply them to to the scene so it, it's if if you if you hadn't gone through the book you kind of would probably never get to that sort of level of organization but it really makes it because then you can sort of take a, a a squad of geese and a group of coins and because in when i was doing um in coco's 2d the hardest thing for me to figure out was how to do the chevron and have them flock or, or if i want to have a group of coins how to make a group of coins that would sort of appear on the screen right um but you know, using Scene Kit, and and I, I don't know—is it similar kind of stuff available in in Sprite Kit, Tammy? Yeah, you can like, you can have nodes it, and parent nodes and keep things grouped and have. Um, so the tool is similar. Yeah, essentially, it's almost identical. One is just two D, and one is three D. I mean, there's there's a few little minor differences, but really, they are they are minor. And of course, Gameplay Kit, which is what you're talking about with the behaviors. Right, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, and the yeah. rules and, and such like that. That is, uh, you can use it for Sprite Kit, Scene Kit. You can also use it for not Sprite Kit and not Scene Kit. I mean, I have I have used it when there was just a UI kit going on. You know, like for example, I in a simple card game, you, you can do your entire card game with UI kit elements and not sprite kit if you wanted to and throw your, throw your uh, game kit or your gameplay kit logic in there very simply. And you can even like, for example, with gameplay kit, you've got the randomization stuff. You can use that outside of game logic. It doesn't have to apply to games. You can use it for anything. And that's so important to understand that gameplay kit is not just about games can be so much more right yeah well it's just the same same way that sprite kit's not just about you know, making games as well you can also use that as a dynamic element in a transition screen or or what have you right so 100 percent um true. that is 100 percent true so it but does gameplay kit have like a ui interface like scheme like does it have an editor like like the scheme scene kit editor or the sprite kit editor does such a thing exist or is it all dust through classes I've, frameworks? i i haven't played too much with it with the newer stuff but from what i remember right. they're just starting now to add things into the editors that 
correlate right. to gameplay kit options. But for the majority mm-hmm. of stuff, you're going to want to go back into the code and handle it through code. But again, from what I remember watching the uh, 2016 WWDC videos, with I mean, there's so many new things in gameplay kit. It, it's mind-blowing, quite honestly. Yeah, but again, yeah. some of those things... They're bringing into the to the scene editors where you actually have visual access through an IDE, you know, where you can adjust certain things. Um, for example, like mm-hmm. uh, the the tile maps that which doesn't have anything yeah. to do with gameplay kit, but you know, just last year you didn't have access to any of that stuff, and now this year they have this whole tile map that you can do right there in the editor, mm. and they've got all these right, options yeah. that you can switch on and off right there, and. It, this is why I love the Apple platform so much and these game technologies that they're bringing to us developers yeah. because some of us, myself included, we're very intimidated by some of the other engines out there and like Cocos 2D. Yeah. I was very intimidated mm-hmm. by that. And now I got Sprite Kit and Scene Kit and even Metal. Metal yeah. is, is really intimidating. But when you start to break it down in little pieces, which someone gave me that advice the other day. It's not so much so. It's it's not intimidating. Little bite-sized pieces, kind of like how I take people, little tiny bits at a right. time. <laughs> <laughs> so so what? So in terms of metal, like what what do you what can you do with metal? I mean, like metal to me is it sounds like it's a technology or something to make your to make the calculations faster, better, stronger, or whatever. But and I've and I've gone to some of the some of the talks on on how it uses the GPU and, and all that kind of stuff to. Uh, to work, but what what does metal do for me as a developer? What can I use it for? It gives you more control over all of your elements in your game or your app. If you're doing some really really intensive work by using metal, you're able to control at a granular level that intensive work. Now you might be saying to yourself, "Well, okay, why would I use metal if I've got something like OpenGL?" You know, which is what what we were using before metal and the right, answer to, yeah, yeah the, what a headache yeah well the answer to that question is look if if you intend to do something cross-platform obviously you can't use metal because metal only works with apple but if you don't intend to do anything cross-platform you'd be crazy not to use metal because apple apple has this whole ecosystem and yeah they were they were in bed with OpenGL for a long time but anytime they needed to move forward, they had to wait for OpenGL and there had to be this entire communication between the two entities. This is theirs. Metal is theirs. It is so entrenched in the Apple ecosystem that it can move at a fast pace. If they want to do something, boom, it's theirs. They can go do it right now. And the fact that they're adding in more of these elements, they had, what was it? Sprite Kit came out with iOS 7. Uh, Steam Kit came out with iOS 8. Now they've got metal that's, that's, you know, you're, you're allowed to put it on the devices. And then, you, uh, they just for, what was it in, in 2000 and, 15 last year, they said, okay, guess what? Now we can do metal on the iMacs, you know, the, the, the MacBooks and whatnot. And it's like, yeah, I mean, so they're, they're bringing all these technologies. I mean, you, you'd have to be foolish to not see where this is going. And sure, you can sit there and say, well, look, Apple's kind of new to the game, you know, pun fully intended when you've got all these other things out there that have been in the market and they're stronger, bigger, powerful, but you know what? I like the little guys because the little guys, that's the one that comes up at the end of the race and flies by everybody. And you're like, whoa, what was that? Yeah. yeah. 
you got to think too, because they just announced with the whole um, playgrounds app, they're trying to bring this technology of swift and development. Let's face it into the hands of our youth. Okay. And our youth doesn't that, you know, you give them a tool and it's all enclosed in this ecosystem and it's all easy to understand and it moves together as an entire system, as opposed to this guy's going to move a little bit now, that guy's going to move a little bit later. No, open your eyes, man. It's all going to move together and the kids are going to be the ones to move it. And Apple has stepped up and started to give the children, again, I hate sounding like a bumper sticker, but they're starting to give the children the tools that they need to go out and be productive and help our technology move forward to the point where I don't need to worry about zombies. I'm going to need to worry about AI taking over. Exciting times. Mm -hmm. Are you worried about zombies? (laughs) Of course I'm worried about zombies. Whoa, where have you been? (laughs) The American people have an election coming up. Yeah, I'm worried about zombies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. So, I mean, because Mark and I have done, Mark's done a lot of games in the past. Like he's, but one of his biggest apps is Pokertini, which is a poker game, right? And right. he helped me build a tile-based game, which was the same sort of idea. You had a puzzle and you had to put things in. And, you know, he came up with the way of, of creating, we had certain uh, combinations of tiles that we had to build, like, you know, three across and one down kind of thing. Um, and Mark came up with little, little uh, um, uh, XIVs or zibs to basically put those in. Um, and then, you know, we, we used to drag and drop technology and that kind of stuff to, to put the whole thing together. But that was something that could totally be done in scene kit. And it's funny because like, okay, for all the time that we put into writing Geese Squad and admittedly Geese Squad was, you know, there's the story behind it and, the, and I had an illustrator draw the drawings for me. And then there was all, we were doing other things at the same time. We had, had one coder who was dedicated to it and we're all sort of contributing. I, I did all the sort of UI kit stuff and another, another guy did all the Cocos 2D bits. And then I tweaked it at, at the end of it to get it on the store. That took me probably six months, maybe a year to get off the ground, literally <laughs> get the, get the geese off the ground. But the, the tutorial on Mr. Pig that's in the in the 3D book, right, is is for all intents and purposes, it's just about everything I put into Geese Squad, you know. And so if, if now that now that I've got this tool scene kit, and maybe I, should, I, I like I said to you before, I wanted to go back to and revisit Sprite Kit to rewrite um, the Geese Squad, um, you know, to keep it to keep it up to speed, right? Um, that's why I'm kind of excited about these technologies, even just as a hobbyist coder at the, at, this, at that point, right? But I wanted to ask you something else. So I was, I was talking to, I'm working with Anthony Urcello now, um, and um, he's joined our company, and he's the editor, or he's the one of the writers of the the uh, Unity book that's coming out. Um, what do you know about Unity? Like, he, when I showed him Mr. Piggy, he's like, oh, yeah, you could totally do that in Unity, and, and you should, because then it's cross-platform. But how do you, and I know you just said the bit you said about the Apple ecosystem here, but what do you know about Unity in terms of, have you looked at Unity at all, or? Yes, I think Unity is great. I mean, it goes back to what what is your intent? If you intend to be cross-platform, then Unity is a great way to go. But it's also, to some degree, a little intimidating for people. And I think that the people who feel like they are held back by intimidating software or intimidating technology, sometimes they won't necessarily move forward because that's how much they're intimidated. Scene Kit and Sprite Kit gives them that way to get in. And 
I don't think that they necessarily need to get back out to a, you know, I'm doing air quotes that I know you can't see, but I don't think they need to get back out into a bigger thing unless they intend to not stick with just the Apple ecosystem. And you might be saying to yourself, well, why would you not want to write once and deploy in multiple places? Well, there's a lot of reasons why you might not want to. Personally, you might not like some of the other platforms out there. You might not want to deal with the headaches. You might not want to have to get a phone call from someone that says, hey, I'm trying to run this on my iPhone and it works. And then I go over here to my Android and it doesn't work. Okay, well, now you have to support that. Support that, exactly. Yeah, good point. There's licensing costs with, uh, with using Unity as far as I know. Yes, you're correct. There's all sorts yeah. of licensing costs. That's just not a deal breaker. Again, it goes back to what is your primary goal? My primary goal is to spend my time in, on this earth enjoying the things that I do. And I enjoy writing games and Sprite Kit and Scene Kit and hopefully, you know, getting more into, into metal. I like Unity. I'm sure I could do some really incredible things with Unity. And I know people are doing incredible things with Unity, but it's just not not where I want to spend my time. Yeah, I was going to ask, so does, does Unity tool set, I've, I've used Unity before, I do a lot of 3D work, so I've used Blender and all those kind of tools as well, and and they're not always, because I use Blender to, to do stuff for, for my 3D printing as well as, I use, also use a thing called Google Sketch, I think it's called, um, to do very simple things, but um, does Unity, does the Unity environment offer the same kind of things? Like, does it offer the same kind of uh, ability to edit things the way we can in SceneKit and, and SpriteKit editor? Like, you know, the grouping I was talking about earlier, or the, what's the thing with the the exploding things and the fires and stuff like that? What are those called? Um, particle systems? Particle, particle systems, yeah. I, to be honest, I'm, I could care less whether my rocket has flames coming out the back of it, but <laughs> yes, but you, you're, it really does add a level of enjoyment to the people playing it because, okay, sure. like yeah. if you were to watch a, well, who is it, Michael Bay movie and nothing exploded right. and there was right. no sound effects or music, you'd, you'd get pretty bored. Shake. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be like, eh, this is silly. I'm not going to spend my time doing this. But, you know, again, it, I just put a, a link in the show notes. I don't even know if this part's going in the show, but I, I wanted to send oh, you the link. I mean, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a I wrote a piddly little game. It says I released it January 9th, 2014. But that game was done 100% with UI kit. Okay, so there's, okay. there's no scene yeah. kit. There's So it, it goes back to what are you trying to do? In that particular instance, I just, I was writing a silly little game to play with some artwork that I had done. And it's all UI kit. I was just tooling around. You know, is it, is it going to, is it a showstopper? No. Can I do the same thing in scene kit or yeah, in a sprite kit, but better? Absolutely. But that wasn't my goal. My goal was to just play with UI kit. How can I use UI kit in a different way than I was doing prior to making that game? Hmm. Yeah, we did. We did an app similar, not similar kind of idea um, called um, my grandson came up with the idea when he was seven um, of a chameleon matching patterns. Right. So we made a pattern matching game and we did that all in UI kit as well. It's fun. It's it's all about experiencing. You know, someone said to me yesterday because I was mentioning earlier about having to shoot that commercial for the um, the kids with C and, and MS and whatnot for the horse therapy. But she made a really important observation. She says something along the lines of, 
look, I'm doing the best that I can do today with the information I have in my brain. And I said, then you know what? You're going to have more information in your brain tomorrow. And she says, you're absolutely right. And I'll probably do better tomorrow than I did today. And so on and so forth. The, The cycle just continues. If you're not out there learning something new every day, then what the heck are you doing? Really? What are you doing? Go mm-hmm. do something. Go learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Indeed. Mark, you fall asleep. Uh, no, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm just looking at fantasy deathmatch here. <laughs> uh, you know, I got in trouble for that game because I called huh? it. Um, I had it. Uh, it was. There was a name that I wasn't allowed to use, and I had called it that name. Match matchmaker or something and, oh, it, right, and yeah. apple's like yeah apple rejected i'm like why'd you reject my game this you're not allowed to use that name matchmaker i'm like yeah but that's what it is it's a matchmaker it's like nope it's trademark so i had to go back through and wow. redo everything is this, a, is this a flipping the cards game and try to match yeah, yeah, yeah I have one that's of those all too. it is <laughs> sounds of the orchestra was my version of how did you which... do it what'd you do it in you like it see of course I, w- I wrote mine in probably in 2010, so there was no scene kit. <laughs> but uh, but no, UI kit works great. I mean, UI kit and, and some basic uh, core animation. That's all. That's all you really need for this kind of stuff. That's true. And now and now there's there's UI dynamics too that you can take advantage of in in um, as well that they added what sure. three four years ago, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Actually, Andrea, remember Andrea? I was talking to at, at, that was at Indie Dev Stock. Um, Tammy, she did a talk two years ago on UI dynamics at uh, 360 iDev. Three years oh, ago, cool. I guess. Yeah, I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. See that you learn something new every day. <laughs> just, you just, you just formed a syn- synapse right there live on podcasts. I proved my point. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Fantasy Deathmatch is a free game, and I don't know exactly how it'll run on iOS 10, but you're <laughs> Well, it's interesting. I wonder if you're going to get a note from Apple because it hasn't been uh, updated since iOS six. Some of so we did get some of our apps um, flagged yeah, for. I, uh, I got a couple of them. Yep. Did you? Oh yeah. Are you going to do anything yep. about them or? Well, uh, probably not for these particular ones because it's just not worth the effort. There's, right. there's, there would be too much work that I'd have to put in to get it up to speed just to be able to even ship it from, uh, you, you know, build it against iOS ten and Xcode eight and. Yeah. And, what was you know, that matching game the, that you built? Sounds of the Orchestra. No, there was another one. You when I first met you, it was um, oh, you and your friend had done that. Uh, that was the matching game. Oh, oh, look again. Look again. Yeah, yeah. That's that not a matching ones. game. That was a little different. But no, that yeah. wasn't one of the ones. That one still sells, actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's oh. from 2009, 2010. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, there, we did have a, a question from our our uh, an Ask MTGJC once. I think on what apps we have done, right? So people do like to hear about our apps. Hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah. that was uh, Look Again and Sounds of the Orchestra. And, you're, of course, your, and your big one Chinese is... Chinese 13-card so. poker. Those no, are the, the, other, the other one that gets featured on the educational thing, what's that one called? Uh, pitches and... Oh, that's Scales and Muds. Scales and Muds, yeah. Yep. Yep. I was so close. <laughs> well, you actually said scales and modes. <laughs> Did I? You listed a bunch, including scales and modes, and then you said, and then that other one, which was the educational one. Did I really? So you were even closer than you thought. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yep. How many other apps you got there, Tammy? I've got uh, Crow's Quest, also right. published under the Tammy Coron 
uh, developer Monitor. account, but I'm letting that I am I'm actually letting that developer account expire. Really? At the end of the year. Yes. That sounds suspicious yes, to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you might as well buy a bunch of fake.